Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast, season five, week 30. This is the B Block, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Joel, going well. Thanks uh, Thanks for introducing me so kindly. <clears throat> My name is Sam. I'm coming at you, as usual, from a steamy and stinky Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, on the B Block, what we try to do is talk about one subject or topic and go deep into it. And we're going to be talking about this year's MLB trade deadline. Now, today we are recording this podcast on Tuesday, August 6th. You're probably listening to it after that. So it's been over a week since the hard trade deadline of July 31st. Yeah. However, if you're listening to this podcast before, like on the date that it's recorded, that means you're standing outside my window right now. And that's creepy as hell. So (laughs) stop doing that. Stop doing that, please. Pennywise the clown is outside your window. (laughs) Number one fan. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's a big Astros fan. <laughs> um, however, I think we still have some things that we wanted to talk about, some takes that might be uh, uh, somewhat original for you, and so we're going to go ahead and talk about it. So, trade trade deadline wrap-up. The first thing I thought we wanted to talk about was the idea of some of the top teams missing out on adding additional pieces at a crucial point in the season. Specifically, we're looking at the AL East. Neither the Boston Red Sox nor the New York Yankees, nor to my knowledge the Tampa Bay Rays, for what it's worth, added any significant pieces at this year's trade deadlines. Sam, what do you make about that? Well, yeah, it was definitely a big miss. And, I, you know, in our A block this week, I said that the Red Sox should have been sellers. And I stand by that, especially because I said that only like 35 minutes ago. Uh, (laughs) But um, I feel like the Yankees, more than the Red Sox, were big swing and missers here. Uh, And I don't know exactly what happened, but their pitching staff is kind of in shambles right now. Um, And they've kind of righted the ship a little bit, but they went through a historic historic shit show of a stretch where over the course of like 10 starts, their starting pitching ERA was like 19 or something like that. And um, they were unable to land a starting pitcher at the deadline, which I think given the way the rest of the uh, American league looks is really going to hurt them in the postseason. Um, they, from what I understand, have a couple of really really strong pitchers in their farm system, which 
they were unwilling to move and that kind of scuttled every single deal that they tried to make because everyone was just trying to get one of these one or both of these two young pitchers that they have uh and that kind of that kind of fucked them over but for their unwillingness to move those guys is what made them unable to make a deal at the deadline that being said they're still you know comfortably atop their division should be able to cruise right into the playoffs. I think that they'll probably, you know, they don't have a, they don't have a October rotation right now, though. Agreed. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. I have said for over a year now that Luis Severino cannot be the ace of your staff if you think you're going to win a World Series. Right, especially if he's on the IL. Especially if he's on the IL. Especially if you are counting on him. And here's what I think the Yankees coaching staff and and management is actually thinking. They're thinking Severino is going to come back and be – the great savior of this pitching staff. And I don't see that happening, especially if his first start is going to be in like the ALDS, which is a very real possibility. The other thing that the Yankees need to worry about is that they still have CC Sabathia. It's going to be what the number two starter. The number three starter? I don't know, but he's definitely going to be right around 450 pounds. <laughs> and he's spent time on the IL in, uh, in addition Thirdly, I'm just talking shit about all of the Yankees starters right now, or most of the Yankees starters, because the other one is Tanaka. Tanaka is not good. He is not good enough to be considered an anchor on a playoff team staff. He never has been that good. And I don't understand why the Yankees fans and the Yankees staff are putting so much faith in this starting rotation. I really think that they... they screwed this one up. The one Yankees starting pitcher that I respect is uh, Domingo Herman, and I think that's only because whenever I happen to turn on the TV, he is dealing fire. And I like Paxton. I don't think he's, you know, he's probably the number four starter. I only like him because of the whole bald eagle incident. I thought that was funny. Right. And he's Canadian. And he's Canadian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, well, Yankees fans are stupid. Like, we've been through yes. this. Like they don't they don't know anything. They're stupid. They're shitty people. Most of them are racist and or homo slash transphobic. Uh, and so they don't know what's going on. I think that the I think that everyone like knowing where the Yankees were at as a franchise were asking a lot of right. Brian Cashman in the front office in return for what they had. And I think that probably that I think that probably they just decided that it was not worth giving up what people were asking. And that was what's going to that is that specifically in your opinion what torpedoed the Marcus Stroman deal? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. I yeah, think I that mean, you know I hate the Yankees, but I'm not going to pretend that Brian Cashman doesn't know what he's doing. I agree with that. On the other hand. Like this is their year. They're number right. one in their division. They they're one of the top teams, if not well no, I'm I'm not gonna say they're the top team in the AL. They are one of the top teams in the AL. They're the New York Yankees and they've gone ten years without winning a World Series, which is I believe the longest stretch the New York No, that's not true. They win the longest stretch in the eighties and nineties. Still, 
this is one of the longest stretches that the Yankees have ever gone without winning a World Series, and and you strike while the iron's hot. That's my argument. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> okay. Uh, however, they're not going to beat the Houston Astros. No. In, in the wherever they meet up with them in the playoffs. Like, yeah, that's wait. not a thing. I want to wait on that one sec because why I want to talk about your Boston Red Sox just for a minute because they immediately after the trade deadline, they go on this horrible losing streak. Right. But there was still talk about maybe they ought to be sellers at the trade deadline regardless. Sure. Why do you think they did not make a move? Uh, I think that the Red Sox don't really have a whole lot of depth in their farm system. Um, and so we're probably reluctant to get rid of whatever talent they have there. So any deal that they were going to make probably would have involved one of their young major league players who they have on their club already. Jackie Bradley Jr. Ben Intendi's name was thrown around at the right at the end of like right before the deadline um, or, you know, maybe Michael Chavis, something like that. And that's not, they probably didn't feel like they could get back a return for that, like that they wanted, that they felt was worth it. Um, oh, that makes sense. And, you know, it would be one thing if they were in first place in the division, they were like making a pitch, like a push at the World Series, but they already made a move like well before the deadline, picking up, what's his name, from the Orioles, who sucks. And, you know, they made their move. They did get a starting pitcher and it hasn't really panned out for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, if they were going to make a move before the, another move before the deadline, it probably would have ended up being a relief pitcher. And the market's pretty thin, and the return, like, that would have been a move if they were making a push, a sure thing at the World Series, you know? Yeah. I mean, the 2019 Red Sox season is, you know, the bizarro 2018, where last year pretty much everything went right for you guys, and this year pretty much nothing has gone right for you. It's not even true. Like, no, nothing's really gone wrong. Everybody's healthy. Like, they just haven't been playing well. Yeah. You know, it's, not like, it's not like the deck has been stacked against us. It's not like we just have gone through a whole bunch of adversity or anything. It's just yeah. that... They've been playing wildly inconsistent, and if you are playing inconsistent, you can't like you can't win if you can't go if you can't go on runs. Right. Yep. I uh, I think it'd be funny if Eli were on this episode because I think he'd be very depressed right now. <clears throat> yeah, he'd probably be super pissed. <laughs> <laughs> he'd probably try to talk about the Celtics or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be good. Kemba Walker. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about the one team in the American League that did make a splash at the trade deadline, and that's the Houston Astros. Um, they picked up Zach Granke from the Arizona Diamondbacks, strengthening what is already probably the best pitching staff in Major League Baseball, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they already had the best pitching staff in Major League Baseball, and now they have like added like probably a top ten pitcher to that pitch. Yeah, staff, so. that was that was an awesome grab by the Houston Astros. Yeah, Should, I, they yeah. gave up prospects for him, I think. So they didn't 
yeah. they didn't kind of weaken their team this year at all. <clears throat> um, and that should put, make them very, like, I think, I don't know if this is true, but I have to assume that they're favorites to win the World Series. Ah, glad you asked that. Yes, they are, according to SportsIllustrated.com. Um, before the deal, Houston was tied with the Dodgers uh, per Las Vegas at plus 275, which, okay, that means, correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, if you bet $100 on the Dodgers to win the World Series today, you'll get back $275. No. No. Plus 275 on the Dodgers. Does that mean? Wait, no, no I'm just going yeah. Maybe, okay. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So, because here it is. Since the trade, the uh, Houston Astros are now firmly moved the team to the top spot on Wednesday at plus two hundred. Dodgers are second at plus two seventy five. The Yankees are third at plus six hundred, followed by the Braves at plus nine hundred and the Cubs at plus fourteen hundred. Hmm. I mean, I gotta go to the casino. Yes, you have to go. Yeah, I gotta put my I gotta put my bets in from the World Series. Shit. Yeah, I'd go with the Braves on that one if I'm if I'm interpreting that correctly. The Braves. Yeah. If I'm saying a hundred dollar bet on the Braves to win the World Series gives you nine hundred dollars. So you would put a hundred dollars down on the Braves. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be hard. Like, Houston, something's going to have to go wrong for Houston to not win the World right. Is uh, their offensive lineup healthy? I think so. I think everybody's in there. I know they've had guys missing. Um, yeah, no, I, I, like, metaphorically, I'm not betting against the Houston Astros. I right. think. They are clearly the favorites. They've got the best pitching staff by far, and that is so important. Right, because they also added uh, right-handed pitcher Aaron Sanchez. Yep. From Toronto, right? Yep. Uh, And, you know, know, Aaron Sanchez, who kind of led off a combined no-hitter against the Mariners this week. Yeah, do you want to talk about that? Right, because that was going to be my hot take this week, and then you yeah. told me I had to talk about how bad the Red Sox are. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> it was kind of fucked up, I thought. But, yeah, Aaron Sanchez pitched six no-hit innings, and then the Astros bullpen finished out the game for a combined no-hitter. My What my hot take was going to be is that combined no-hitters are more of a sign of a shitty offensive team than a good pitching team. That's Wait, all that is. Who'd they, who'd they pitch that no-hitter against? The Mariners. Oh, yeah. And the Mariners have had a combined no-hitter against them two times this year. Twice. That's impressive. That sucks for the Mariners. I'm sorry. I'm looking at 538.com postseason chances. They've got the Astros at 24% chance to win the World Series. Uh Uh-huh. The Dodgers at 22% chance to win the World Series, and the Yankees at 19% chance to win the World Series. After that is the Cubs and the Braves tied at 6%. So they really, really think it's going to be one of those three teams, Astros, Dodgers, or Yankees. 
Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, I might make a bet on the Minnesota Twins in that case. Were you just like betting the long shots? Yeah. Yeah, right. I do. <laughs> it's gotten me falling life, Sam. <clears throat> All right, hold on just a sec. I got to check one thing, and then we will move on. Any last words about the Houston Astros? The Houston Astros were, like, actually very active at the at the deadline. Yep, they also added Maldonado, <clears throat> which I thought was interesting. who they add? Uh, Martin Maldonado. Catch you. Martin Maldonado. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why, but they did. I think he hasn't been, I don't think he's been a full-time player this year, although I have not been paying attention. Yeah. There's a lot of moves, but there are also a lot of Cubs sort of, I mean, uh, Mets sort of moves of teams not, uh, not really in the hunt adding players. Are we using Mets as an adjective now to describe yeah. like something that doesn't make any sense? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So who is Metsing it up in the... Well, the Angels traded the Astros a couple minor leaguers for a catcher. Um, the Rays, I guess they're pushing for the wild card. Uh, the Diamondbacks picked up Mike Leak uh, from the Those Mariners, yeah. uh, some, assuming that they're probably trying to make up for losing Grinky. Padres, oh, that was with the Cubs. My guess is a lot of that is cost-saving measures. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so let's move on to um, some action that was happening in the central divisions between the National League Central and the American League Central. So uh, the Cleveland Indians, it was actually a three-team trade between the Indians, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Milwaukee, I mean the San Diego Padres. And the big exchange was Trevor Bauer of the Cleveland Indians going to Cincinnati and Yasiel Puig, friend of the show, Dump on the Ump All-Star, moving from the Cincinnati Reds to the Cleveland Indians. The right. two Ohio teams making a deal with each other. Right. And he got stopped at the airport, I heard, <laughs> with a weight limit on his bags because he had so many cans of Cincinnati chili in there. Yeah, he did. He was trying to figure out. He just drove. He just they stopped right. him at the airport. He, he just he went. Just, he went and got. He went to the U-Haul place and asked them for their largest truck. Right. He just filled it with Cincinnati chili. <laughs> skyline. Brand. Skyline. Yeah. <clears throat> he just backed it right up to the Skyline factory. Said, "Fill her up." I'm going to Cleveland. I'm going to Cleveland. <laughs> Now, of course, you all know the best part about this is the Yasiel Puig's last game as a Cincinnati Red involved a benches-clearing all-out brawl between the Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not the first time that Yasiel Puig has been photographed this season trying to fight every member of the Pittsburgh Pirates at the exact same time. Right. Uh, the funny thing is, though, is that he had already been traded at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Like he was officially a member of the Cleveland Indians. The deal went through during the game, and then a brawl broke out. And I guess nobody had told him yet. I, I don't no, know why he was still there. Him. But yeah, he should have had. The, he they should have taken him out. Right. Uh, there's hilarious uh, fan iPhone footage. A fan is filming not Joey Votto, but some other guy who plays for the Reds talking to the guy while he's on the team, telling him that Puig has just been traded. Right. Because <laughs> he got a Twitter alert or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, the the guy for the Reds is like, what? Puig? Traded? And then he goes and tells everybody else. Um, I'm Googling right now Yasiel Puig's suspension. I don't know if he has officially been suspended or not. They got a lot of suspensions for that fight. Yeah. It's like a total of like between the two teams, like 45 games of suspensions. One of the managers got suspended for like 10 games. Oh yeah. It's probably the Reds manager because he came out of the, he had already been ejected from that game. Uh, The Reds manager actually came out of the dug, whatever is behind the dugout. What's that called? Clubhouse? The clubhouse. He actually came out of the clubhouse onto the field and put one of the coaches for the Pittsburgh Pirates in a headlock. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he was so fucking mad. <laughs> um, oh, I, want, I want to get the entire list. Puig was suspended three games. Both managers have been suspended. And several others were ordered to pay fines. Puig is appealing, so he's eligible to play for the Indians Thursday night as they host the Houston Astros. Things happen in the moment, Puig said. Everybody outside the baseball field, we are friends, and there's no anger towards anyone on both sides. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. (laughs) Although I actually do believe that Puig probably actually believes that. Right, he's just he just fighting. seems like the type of person who just, like, loses his mind. You know what I mean? And then he's just like, oh, no, I thought we were pals. You know, like, afterwards, <laughs> once he cools down. Right. He's like, oh, so we're still on for dinner? And the guy's like, you grabbed my balls and, like, twisted. Like, no, we're not still on for dinner. <laughs> well, the best part about this, or one of my favorite parts, was after the fight, finally gets broken up after about six or seven minutes, you can see Puig, who still probably doesn't understand he's been traded, yelling at the other members of the Cincinnati Reds that the next time we fight, you better have my back. <laughs> like he was out there. Like the Cleveland Indians and the Cincinnati Reds play each other later this year. And then there's like a benches clearing brawl. Where, like, Puig is just fighting both of the teams by himself. <laughs> he's like, rips his sh- jersey off and just starts yeah. throwing punches, like, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, MLB suspends eight following Pirates-Reds brawl, including Keon Keller. I don't know who that is, for ten games. And Puig for three. I'm looking at... Uh... Signature Foods of Cleveland. They don't really have a kind of chili equivalent. 
Oh, like, yeah. I don't know what Yasiel is going to do there. Yeah, that's going to be tough. <laughs> He's probably going to give, like, unsolicited tours at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. That would be so great. <laughs> right. How would that be? That would be awesome. <laughs> but you just imagine, like, a poor, like, family from Boise, and they're just, like, you know, on vacation, and all of a sudden Yasiel Puig starts, like, taking them through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> they're just terrified. They have no idea what's going on. Uh, Pirates pitcher Keon Kella suspended for 10 games. Reds pitcher Emil Garrett suspended for eight games. Jose Ozuna, five games. Jared Hughes, three games. Kyle Crick, three games. I was the guy that Puig was really going after. Puig, three games. But now he's a member of the Indians. Reds manager David Bell, six games. Pirates manager Clint Hurdle, two games. Who was the one who got ten games? Um, the Pirates pitcher Keon Keller, who I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, he's the guy who intentionally threw at the head of Derek Dietrich. Oh. That, that, that was why the game got out of hand the next inning. Right. Yeah. And that's what that's the That's not cool. I, I, that's not cool of him. And I'm actually, from what I'm reading, good on Major League Baseball. Right. But, well, also, it's like the second time they've done that this year. Yeah. And they got to, like, that can't be an ongoing thing, you know? Right. They still have to play. Like, they should brawl once a year. If they, like, really hate each other, they should be allowed to have, like, one good dust-up every year, you know? Right. Because that's, like, you got to keep it, you got to keep the game interesting, you know? Oh, yeah. No, it's fun. As long as, you know, it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. And then it's just fun. Right. <laughs> and it's not a fucking game anymore. That's not a fucking game anymore. <laughs> it's a Mesoamerican ball game all over again. <laughs> um, headed into C-Block. Um, okay, before we get there. But why did the Indians trade Trevor Bauer for Puig? Indians have been making a charge. They've closed a lot of the gap between them and the Twins. I believe it's two and a half games right now. They've got the first wild card in the AL. Why did the Indians do this? Uh, I think that probably both sides were kind of unhappy. Um, you know, he chucked that ball. We talked about he chucked the ball over the over the fence. Um, and that... You know, I don't think that it was like he was very happy in the clubhouse. I think he was probably a clubhouse distraction, if not uh, disruptor. And um, sometimes it's worth just getting rid of those people, you know? Yeah. Like, Terry Francona is not one to talk shit about ballplayers, but even he was like, yeah, I was like a little concerned about like the impact of this guy in our clubhouse. And I think that they probably saw they could get a good return, like a major, like... It's not like Puig's going to hurt their push for the playoffs. True. So, you know, he's, yeah. an impact, he's an impact player. He's not, you know, probably not a top 10 outfielder, but he's an impact player. Yeah. Um, and it probably was, I mean, I don't know what kind of control is on either of those contracts, but they probably just felt like it was a good move for the team. 
So, but I mean, they're not they're not giving up on making the playoffs, right? They can't. They they've got the post wild card. <clears throat> I think if they were giving up on making the playoffs, they probably would have gone for prospects. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay. You know. Yeah. Like if they were going for a real rebuild, they would they would have gone for younger talent. Yeah, and we've talked about this in the past that the Cleveland Indians are kind of doing this bizarro rebuild on the fly. Right. Uh, because they're in the weak AL Central and thinking that they can um, rebuild and still compete at the same time, which uh, looks like they're true. Right, they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, so good on them. Right. So Puig's having a good year. He's having a really good year, Puig is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know what out the... Indians outfield looks like. I guess I could look that up real quick. Yeah, well, we should wrap this up. I'm looking at 538.com right now. Right. Uh, they've got an article, Who Got Better at the Trade Deadline? Right. And it's really hilarious because they've got a statistic called the Doyle number, uh-huh. which is a, a sabermetric, I guess, uh, that's the wrong word, a, a statistic, a, a <laughs> And now it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's a thing. It's a number. It's a fucking number um, that measures how much uh, war you should give up in prospects based right. on whether you should be a buyer or a seller. Uh-huh. And it's really hilarious because according to those stats, the New York Mets were very, very clearly in the should sell category. Right. And the New York Yankees were very, very clearly in the should buy category. Right. And neither, <laughs> neither of them behaved the way they were supposed to. Right. Um, at, at court, at 538, I mean, I'll post this to the Facebook page. The 538's got an interesting thing where the problem is when you're in that maybe area. Right. Right. Like, and, well, 538 and, also said Hillary Clinton would be our president right now, so right, right. let's not forget about that. Right, the guy's, the guy's a pollster. He's supposed to be like a huge pollster. Yeah, we can't take anything <laughs> they say ever again seriously because right. they said they said Hillary Clinton was going to be the president <laughs> right now. Yeah, right now, and you know she's not. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Yeah, what the hell are the Mets doing? Mets gonna Mets, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it's working, and now they're gonna do it again because they're like, well, that worked, so let's do it again. Right. Yeah. Let's double down. Let's double down. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. Takeaway: I think the Houston Astros were the big winners. If if you know, you can say that. Uh, I think they're the strongest team in the American League. The Dodgers remain the strongest team in the National League. We didn't talk about the NL at all, except for the Reds. Um, And the Yankees missed out on an opportunity. Um, Right. Anything else? Cubs? Nah. Yeah, I mean, the Cubs have got bullpen problems. They've added, uh, oh, I looked up his name and then I forgot it. But, you know, the Cubs were trying to fill up their bullpen. None of, I mean, other than the Reds, 
none of the NL teams made uh, aggressive moves at all. Brad, no, the uh, the, the uh, fuck Cubs picked up Crybaby Castellanos. Oh, we yeah, let's talk about Crybaby Castellanos because that's really interesting. What does he play? I, he's uh, an outfielder, but I think he's a utility yeah. guy. And it's interesting because yeah. that guy last week, Kevin, was saying that they kind of need a, a hole filler. Yeah. Like somebody who can like play a couple different places. And I think that's who they got in Nick Castellanos. Yeah, that's actually that the crybaby Castellanos. Nick Crybaby Castellanos. He is forever named that. I'm gonna tweet it at him right now. Yeah. Um yeah, no, but that was actually probably a smart pickup by the Cubs. And now Crybaby Castellanos is gonna get all those home runs that he was bitching about because right. now he's he gonna get like at 4% least. for yeah. more doubles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now he's going to get 4% fewer doubles. 4% all, fewer doubles. All yeah. the doubles are going to be home runs. Right. <laughs> is that uh, Wrigley instead of Comerica? <laughs> yeah, what a, what a crybaby. What a, what a crybaby that guy is. That guy's going in the dump on the um, Hall of Shame. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. They just start playing these videos that are nonsense. Yeah, yeah, but um, I do think that was probably a smart pickup by the Cubs. Um, yeah, Astros are looking like a powerhouse. Dodgers, yeah. Cubs, Braves in the NL. I'm not going to count out the Cardinals or the Brewers until it's time to count them out. Right. Who do you think the number one threat to the Houston Astros in the American League is? Is it the Yankees? Those are the Minnesota Twins. Uh, yeah, probably the Yankees. Yeah. But I would say that the Tampa Bay Rays are like kind of the wild card. Not to say that they'll right. win the wild card game, but like metaphorically <laughs> the wild card. Right. Yeah. Like I think that they. I don't necessarily think that the Yankees are as good as their record has shown, which we've talked about right. already on the podcast. Right. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But I would uh, say right now it's the Yankees, probably followed by the Twins. I agree with that. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to us this evening. This has been Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. You have had the privilege of listening to 34 minutes of actual baseball talk, which is rare for us. Um, if you like what you are listening to, please give us a subscription on Apple iTunes or SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash umpenhemp. Tell your friends, give us a rating and a review, and you can also follow us on all of your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, all of it. Search Dump on the Ump. For Sam, my name is Joel. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Sweet cherry baba sky, take it so deep for a ride. Up the river to be safe and sound. Cause I know a few places that you'll be found. I can tell you.